We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clear. Clear for what? For the rest of the world. You guys hear that? Welcome to the show, everybody. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and I am really glad that you're here. And I'm really glad to be here. Last week, I was at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference in Ohio, obviously, and it was just awesome. I really had a good time out there. And I'll tell you, one of the highlights of my weekend actually was the fact that I didn't have to drive to Ohio and drive back. I was in a vehicle, but I didn't have to do the driving. And that was really a nice change of pace for me coming from, you know, being a truck driver 60 hours a week, not having to drive a car for six hours straight was just really, really nice. So a big shout out to my chauffeur, my really good friend, Eric. Eric, thank you so much for driving me around last weekend. It was awesome to just spend the weekend and hang out with you. And I want to give a quick shout out to Mark DeWorth of the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. He is the one that organizes the entire event, and he does a great job with it every year. Every year, it seems like it's getting better and better. And Mark, I just want to let you know that I really appreciate your efforts, and I think you did a great job this year, and I cannot wait until OBC 2018. Now, I want to talk about some emails I got this week. I've been getting some emails from people saying that they have seen the confessionals popping up on a YouTube channel called Conflict Radio. I will let you guys know that there is no conflict between me and Conflict Radio. It's actually an agreement. He's going to be uploading every show once a day until he's all caught up. Once he's caught up, he's going to upload every new show after that on a week's delay. So every show that I come out with a week later, he will upload to his YouTube channel. It's a great opportunity for me. It's a great opportunity for him. And so we figured, why not go through with it? So if you guys could go over to his channel right now, Conflict Radio, and hit subscribe, that would be awesome because he covers a lot more shows other than just the confessionals. And I think you guys are going to like what you hear. If any of you guys have an encounter story you'd like to share with me, go ahead and email me at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com or go to the website theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Now, tonight's show, we're bringing on Casey. Casey has been dealing with a haunting her entire life. 
She's had something follow her. Doesn't matter where she lives, she deals with this. And she figures, after connecting the dots, that it stems to her childhood when she believes her mom became demonically possessed. Okay, tonight I have a special guest coming on. Casey has had a lot of paranormal experiences throughout uh, life, really. And uh, Casey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. Uh, I I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with me. Uh, I know that in your email, you were expressing that you weren't sure if this would be the kind of show that I would like to have on. And it's exactly what I'm looking for. (laughs) Um, I... I, uh, I found it very interesting. In fact, in our pre-interview here, uh, I was talking to you and you kind of educated me on some things that I didn't even know about. Um, so I'm really excited to get to get in tonight. But uh, you've had you know paranormal experiences when you were a kid uh, that led into you actually seeing a tree sprite. And uh, let's get into it. Like when you were a kid, what what was going on? All right. Um, my mom was always into. Uh you know, like witchcraft and stuff like that. And she, um, sort of like, not like real serious about it, but she was like obsessed with like this call uh, seances and things like that. And, um, with her friends or whatnot. And one thing that my dad told me about that my mom will never talk about, but he said that my parents split when I was really young. And one time they were arguing, he had come to pick me up and he saw that I was throwing a ball down the hall and the ball was rolling back. And my dad's ex-military, 20-year Green Bray, he's super serious. He does not make stuff up. And he has said that he watched this two times happen, me roll this ball, and it came back to me. And he finally went to look around the corner, of course, mad, thinking my mom had another guy there or something like that. Um, And there was nobody there. And then when he turned around and picked me up, he saw a shadow on the wall. And he he swears that it was this shadow that looked like a cowboy. And it had... um, Sort of, I, I guess maybe like the hat man. That's what I always think it's like. He said it had the pop collar, but it had a cowboy hat on, not a, um, you know, like one of those like uh, ten gallon hats or anything like that. So that's really the first thing I ever remember. Um, one time I, I lived in this house on Aaronbrook Drive. It's in it's in Brandon, Florida, and this was when I was in elementary school this period of time where I would come home and my parents would be at work. So I'd get off the bus and I would walk home and I had a friend with me sometimes that lived next door, but sometimes her parents were her home. So I would go in there by myself. And this is back when AOL chat was like popping and you know, everybody was on that. And I had this computer uh, in this kitchen and I had a big two story house and I would hear scratching and tapping by this computer and it would drive me. And if I, if I ignored it, it would only get worse. And then it would drive me out of the house. I mean, I'd be like running out of the house, crying in my neighbor's house on multiple occasions. Um, I was a pretty bad kid because I never wanted to do what my parents told me because it always revolved around going to sleep or going upstairs. And I hated going upstairs. It was a horrible house. And um, I saw mainly shadows there, but I always had this sick feeling, always a sick feeling when I was in my room by myself. And that that is the earliest I can remember having that sick feeling. And it's really never left me like my entire life being alone in a a room, like a closed off room. Um, you know, I can go shopping at Walmart fine, but even seeing here, you know, maybe it's claustrophobia. I don't know, but it's always a little heavy, um, when I'm by myself. And so that kind of escalated. I had a, a break. There's dormant periods of time where nothing happens. And I, I sort of get this break. It's like, I don't know if, the thing is taking a break or if I'm taking a break, 
but at this point in my life, I had was turning in, you know, going from elementary to high school, that kind of transition. And I had this one particular room in my house. I started getting in trouble because my dad got mad at me for bending the blinds. And I would come home every day and he said, why are you bending your blinds in your room? And I would go to the window. And like I mentioned, my dad's real hard, real hard. And, um, he would, the, the blinds would be chinked as if somebody was looking out my room to the next house, but there was only a white wall there to the next house, no window or not even the garden hose. There's just a white wall in the grass. And I would always mention to him, this is way too high for me. You know, this, I'd have to be hanging up by my feet on the roof to look like that. And remember I said that, cause that's the scariest part to me. Always telling my dad that. And, um, he never believed me, of course, you know, saying, you know, stop bending your blinds. And then, so I finally started making him watch that they were normal before I went to school and I would come home. And he's the first time that he saw them like that, he never mentioned it to me again. And I had a really hard time getting anything out of my dad talking about like, and he's a hundred percent Irish. My mom's a hundred percent Irish. So, you know, they, um, they take paranormal stuff pretty seriously if they know it's real. And with my dad, that meant not talking about it and totally ignoring it and moving on and day to day school chores, soccer is what I did. Um, and then, so I was also a bad kid in high school and I snuck out a lot and it was, I had this, another break in the, the activity and it went on pretty much up until I was about 19 years old. And in that time, after I got out of high school, I traveled the country and I came back once and I tried to help my mom and back to my mom being into all the witchcraft and stuff like that. She was also a hardcore drug addict. She always drank. And I mean like any drugs you could think of um, besides marijuana, because that would level her out. Anything that would hype her up is, is what she would get her hands on. And, but I hadn't seen her since I was about like seven years old. And I figured I would do my part and try to help. And if it didn't work, okay, but I was going to try at least like I would for anybody. And um, so I noticed my mom being really weird all the time. One time I walked in, she had just made spaghetti and it was late. I went to bed and I had to get up early and go to work the next day. And I was only going to be there with her for about six months. I was going to help her straighten her, her life out and then move on. And she was dancing in the kitchen with a lighter and she's dancing in a circle with this lighter and she's talking about her brothers. And she's like, I want to say thank you to my brothers. And she keeps saying this over and over. I want to thank my brothers. And I don't have any uncles, so I don't know who she's talking about. And I'm, I walk around the thing and my girlfriend at the time had just walked in the front door from her night job. And I looked at my mom, you know, and I was like, you know, what are you doing? You're that's that light. You need to put that out. It's going to bust because you hold liar too long and they explode. And it was a cheap plastic one. And she, she looked at me and I mean, like, this is the first time I had seen my mom look like this. I could see right through her. There was no, she wasn't looking at me. There's like no person in her eyes. It was just a dead stare. And I told her, you know, if you don't put that out, I'm going to come over and put it out. I don't know what your problem is, but I had already known that she was doing drugs, but she was making a conscious effort to come off of them. Um, so I figured maybe she was just hopped up on something. She, you know, lost her willpower for a minute. And I go over and I take the lighter out of her hand and I slam it on the counter and I push her back in the, and it exploded right as I turned around and pushed her back. And she takes me by my arms. My mom's like half my size. I'm only like five, four. And my mom's like real tiny lady, little tiny Irish skinny lady. And she took me by my, by my elbows and pushed me and I'm pretty stocky, you know, pushed me 
out of this hallway and I told her, you know, you keep pushing me down this hallway like this. I'm going to wrap you up. You know, like I'm, I don't want to hit my mom, but I'm really going to I'm going to put you down because you're scaring me. And she wouldn't stop. So finally, I had to take her hands and I had to wrap her up backwards and put her up against the wall. And then she was totally normal. I mean, like that, like as soon as I mushed her up against the wall, it was what are you doing? You know, are you OK? What's going on? Stuff like that. And so I thought it was really weird. A couple I noticed her mumbling to herself a lot. My breaking point was that. My girlfriend started saying we were losing money and my mom was obsessed with anything that was like a jade gem. And she had, my mom confessed that she had stolen this money for this gem to protect herself from something and would not talk about it, would not tell me what it was, said it was for me too. It had to be in the house. And I put this, I put a little phone, a little snow, uh, one of those hardcore Nokia phones, and I recorded myself just the first 25 minutes is all I could get on the recording. And I caught my mom standing over me with this thing staring at me, this this green gem thing staring at me for at least 19 minutes. I took this and got her Baker acted, okay? And she goes and detoxes and all this kind of stuff. And she comes back that night, and my my best friend and my girlfriend died in a car accident when I was 17 years old. Um, And that... That's true. That really happened. And it was a pretty big deal for me. And my mom and I are walking down the street. I walked her to Walgreens. So I walked down the street and she looks over and she's like, your friend's in there. Don't you want to go say hi to your friend? And it's this abandoned house. It's like overgrown abandoned house in Largo, Florida. I don't know if you've ever been to Largo, Florida, but it's mainly like white mm-hmm. buildings and seashell gravel and sidewalks and the streets are numbered. So it's kind of beachy, but like kind of the ghetto-y, beach-y type area. Okay. And she's like, no, you should really go in there. I think somebody has your friend. Don't you want to say hi? And I, I looked at her. And I told her, you ever say it to me again, I'm going to smack you in your face. Because it was a really big deal. It was my best friend and my girlfriend at the time. In the same wreck, they died. So after that, I decided to break off from that. And I, then I had this small break. And after this small break is when I had the worst, like, sort of, battle royale of experiences in my entire in in my life and i was with this girl named lauren she and i broke up i I was with this is when i met my wife i was i walked into a tattoo shop and i met my wife and then um i went to a party with her on super bowl 2012 february 9th i believe it was the super bowl and i walked home that night and i was totally wasted and i was living in this trailer park at the time and this is where everything really got real strong. And I don't know if it's because I was like an adult now or if I was living on my own or if I was just I was real messed up over like my mom. And and I had just broken up with this girl and all that. And uh, at the time, Tiffany was still with her her kid's dad and everything. But we had just met. So I was going through some rough stuff and I had just stopped traveling the country also. So I had to get my money back in order to get a driver's license again, start living on the grid again. So. I'm drunk, right? And I, I went and got a pack of cigarettes, 305 regulars. I walk up to this mobile home park, and how it's set up is that there's three rows of mobile homes, and they're facing horizontally in three. So if you're standing at the front, it's like three rows that go back. So there's two roads in the middle. So a row of trailers in the middle and two on the sides. There must There's probably about 30 trailers in this thing. And so I'm walking up, and up in the front, there's this office, and there's this kind of heavy set guy. And I almost bumped into him when I had a cigarette in my mouth and he was leaning up against this white post smoking a cigarette. And 
I'm like, oh, damn. Or I'm like, sorry, you know, I didn't, I didn't see you there. And I keep walking up. Keep in mind, I'm wasted. I run into this same person way up, way farther up in the trailer park, right before I'm about to get to mine. And I know everybody say, says that they can remember stuff when they're drunk, but like I told you, I'm Irish and I had been drinking like for a long time before that. And to be like totally, if I, if I'm not going to remember something, I got to be blacked out, you know, like, and I knew if anything, I knew I had bumped into this guy and I almost bumped into him again. And I stopped and I was a little irritated. I looked up at him and I looked back and I was like, in a second, I had all these thoughts go through my mind. Like, like I want to know who he was, why he was there. And how did he get up to where I was so fast like that without me hearing him? And he was heavy set. I said, there's no way, no heavy breathing or footsteps or nothing. So I said, sorry. He goes, it's okay. Like that. She said real low. He's like, it's okay. And flicked a cigarette. And so I walk into my trailer. The next morning I wake up and there were three scratches above my bed. And this goes into the thing about the Sprite. The Sprite has three toes. It's a three-toed Sprite. So I have these three scratch marks above my bed. It's right above my head, directly above, and they're small and, and real tight. They're real tight together, and they're pretty jagged. And I had gotten up, and I looked at them, and I just happened to notice them, and I asked around, anybody see anything like that? I had two roommates at the time, and people were like, no, you know, not, nobody goes in my – we didn't go in each other's rooms. So I'm like, okay, and so nothing happens for a little while. The next day, I go out to smoke a cigarette and drink a beer with one of my roommates, Tim. And I'm sitting down and I look over in between these two cars. I see this figure. And it was this guy, this heavyset guy walking back and forth and looking at me through the car. I had just barely caught the whites of his eyes looking my way through the car, but I could not see any other features on his face. Almost like he had, you know, like he had a, like a flashlight shining down or something like that. And I look back at my roommate and this is possibly like one of the most surreal moments other than the one that happened in the next trailer that I lived in. But I, I fell out of my chair and I had like a panic attack and I was holding the beer in my hand. I still had a cigarette burning and I was on one knee and I was gasping, gasping and I could not see. And I swear it's like I was put my mind was like put in a blender and I was not aware of like the dirt that I was sitting in or my hand on the table or, or if I was holding the bottle or not. And what I saw instead of like what I the grass and the dirt that I would have been looking on on my knees like that was I saw a heavy set African American male's arm reaching towards a doorknob that sat was a gold doorknob that sat on a white door and there was a white fan above. So like the vision of looking up at a ceiling and this guy's hand was reaching towards a doorknob and he was very, very close. And then all of a sudden his hand drops and before his hand dropped is when I snapped out of this this thing that I was going through and I couldn't breathe. And finally I saw the dirt in the grass and my roommates in my face yelling at me, you know, he's like, you need to get up. You need to get up. And he's like, you have to like, you have to remember like, you know, who you are and stuff like that. And he's like, you can't let weird stuff like this get to you. And I, and I automatically was like pretty suspicious. Cause like I had not told anybody about me seeing this guy or in this particular roommate did not know any stories about my life. And so I asked him and he's like, I, there's been a lot of weird stuff going on. And right now, you're you're the, I don't know if it's because you're the youngest or whatever, but it's going to latch on to you. And he's like, and I have a feeling that you know how to deal with it, but you really need to not let it get to you like that. Or you're, you might not get up next time. Stuff like that can drain you. We work hard at being healthier. What? And what we really need is better quality sleep. 
The new Sleep Number 360 smart bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. So let me ask you a question before you go any further. They were experienced. So you moved into their trailer. Is that right? We moved, in, we moved in together, yeah. All right. So, the, but they were experiencing crazy stuff and they, they were acknowledging that before this happened. That day, they he, he told me that day that he had been seeing stuff. Yep. Okay. That his whiskey bottle started falling over and stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay. That that's that's very interesting. Okay. Continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just yeah, uh, I wanted okay. to clarify that. Yeah. And so I um, you know, and it was weird that he was talking to me like this at the time, and it's almost like I couldn't even like compute what he was saying. Like I was still trying to catch my breath, and so I got up and I walked behind the two cars. Of course, there's nobody there. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, maybe I'm crazy and whatever. And eventually, a couple days goes by and nothing happens. I'm sitting outside again and I'm smoking a cigarette on my porch on the back of my trailer this time. I look out into this field and I can see this guy and it was this heavy set guy and he had kind of curly hair and I, I could hear like sort of like a scratching noise. And I, you know, of course I attribute that every time I hear scratching the grass is a raccoon or a possum out here or some armadillo. But I saw him standing there and I didn't move a muscle and neither did he. And I must have sat there like that for 20, 25 minutes. And I'm staring at this figure and I barely shifted my eyes to the left a little bit just to blink. Like I couldn't stare any longer like that. And then he was gone. So what I did was I ran aside and I, I drew a picture. I took this picture to, with me to work the next day at Dunkin' Donuts. And I showed this guy that I was good friends with. I worked with overnight. I'm like, you know, I've been seeing this guy around the trailer park. Have you ever seen this guy? Because he was standing in my backyard last night. And blah, blah, and this, and this guy takes one look at this picture that I drew, this rough sketch. And he's like, where did you see this person again? And I told him, and he was like, well, what kind of are these? He noted a piece of the drawing that I had done. And I don't know if you know, or you're familiar with like the parachute pants or like gothic people wear sometimes. I got like straps and chains on yeah. them. This is what this kid was wearing. And he was like, are those parachute pants or is this just a bad drawing? And I'm like, no, those are parachute pants. And he tells me that this guy, his name is Tyler or uh, Tyler Commander, and he's been dead for six and a half years. He overdosed on uh, oxycontin, like a like a cocktail of other things. And I hear him say this overdose. I tell him where, and I, well, I'm like, where did he overdose? He says in that trailer park, in the center trailer that's right in the middle of the park. And so I immediately understand that that guy's arm reaching towards that door. Whenever I was about to sip that beer, for some reason, and I had made eye contact with this thing, this per well, I shouldn't call him a thing. I should call him a person because that's what it was. And I, I witnessed his last minute through him in a panic attack on the ground. And then I knew that he was reaching. And they, and then later on in some investigation that I, around the people of the trailer park and on the internet, and one of the uh, night crew members, his girlfriend was the is the ex-girlfriend of tyler commander 
So I got the opportunity to meet her and she asks me all these questions and she's like, why, why do you want to know? You know, I'm like, no, you don't understand. You know, I've been seeing this person and I have not been under the impression that they were dead. You know, I've, I've been strictly speaking, you know, I've really seen this person. So I'm just trying to get answers. And she told me that he died alone while people were out smoking a cigarette at a party in the back room in the only room and that had a fan in the trailer. And so I automatically knew. So this, I, I go through this and I move right after I find out this thing about Tyler commander, I moved to this other trailer. It's on the other side of the trailer park. There's a very specific window in this back trailer where the moon at the right time will shine through this window. And it is surrounded by the woods and the forest right by this particular uh, lot area. I, I tell my wife, because we had gotten more serious or we moving in. I walk into this trailer and I open up the fridge, take out a beer and there's nothing in this place yet. And I look over and this is the first time that I knew that this, what I had just seen was not this Tyler commander. It was not something else new. I looked down the hall and I, I could feel this, a pressure of, and I knew in my mind instantaneously, I knew that this is what I've been dealing with my whole life. And I knew that I was about to get it pretty hard just after this. And I, I, so I called my wife immediately. I'm in the house with the fridge door open. And I tell her, I'm like, you know, I have to let you know something we're moving in together. It's a pretty big deal, but I see like, I see ghosts and everything every now and then. And maybe not like, it's not, I don't always see ghosts, but stuff definitely happens to me that I can't explain. And my friends say things about my house. I can't explain. And I told her, I'm just walked in here. We're about to move in here together. And I'm telling you right now, this place is just sodden with with bad energy it's just it's soaked with bad stuff i'm telling you this is a bad place we should find somewhere else but we can't it ends up happening that she moves in anyway we can't find somewhere else it's hard to scrape up money like that real quick um so we move stuff in and i'm living with one roommate now and my wife and her kid and he has his own room my kid has her own room and this is a little three-bedroom trailer but it's real tiny, real tiny. It's like, you know, like a little, like a little block, like a little Lego. And so I, we move in and I, I couldn't sleep the first night. Christian was in the bed with us. That's my son. So we go through, uh, the putting him in his own room. We set it all up nice. This little camouflage bed, stuff like that. He, all he wanted. And, and, um, but I've got a baby monitor and the first after he was done screaming and not sleeping in his own bed. And now, you know, when I look back and I talk about it, like I am right now, I feel horrible for not for, for saying that he was just screaming because he didn't want to sleep alone. I know that's part of what it was, but after, you know, like everything going on, I know that he's probably really just scared out of his little mind. And so a few nights in a row, I watched him just sit up on the baby monitor. My wife's, you know, falling asleep. And I, I, I knew something was about to happen. And I kept watching and watching. And then one night around two 30, he gets the covers yanked off him. And I mean, like, I'm talking like, like some, like he was late for work and someone and his wife came in and yanked the covers off him. Like they, they weren't tugged off. Like they were like pulled off and he leans down to the end of the bed, pulls him back up. And he says, stop, I'm trying to sleep. You're going to get me in trouble. The covers go back down. I immediately shook my wife. I said, you need to look at this. I was like, do you see him talking to something in here? And she's like, he's just talking to himself. He doesn't want to go to sleep. And I'm like, no, look. And my son, he starts looking up at the camera and he's just so scared. I run up and I go get him. This happened a couple of times. And then 
the very after about the third time it happened one night again i went and put him in our room the next day we're sitting in the living room and i was on this little tiny blue couch and i'm also like uh like i mentioned i'm not cool with fairies or gnomes or anything like that due to being irish and um you know like the boogeyman a little bit more yeah yeah um so i was raised irish catholic and um aside from the catholic part a lot of the celtic traditions revolve around small horrible little demonic creatures and that goes as far as fairies and fairies can trick you because they might want your soul you might be the most best the best intention person ever so they want your goodwill um a sex slave basic just food you know they might eat you or teeth they like teeth um that's something that kind of carries into like kids movie like the tooth fairy that was a pretty big deal for me and because i was always taught that the, the fairies actually eat these teeth they they consume them and they'll kill children to get them wow. and they only they only like children's teeth so that's kind of weird too you know like as a parent you tell your kids tooth fairy so they have fun with it but i've always wondered why you know how can they translate that same story because they only take kids teeth i don't know it's just pretty scary but um gnomes and stuff like that gnomes are are they live in a different realm and there are realms different realms and so they so, so so think about it like shadow people there's different levels of shadow people so you got the the hat man you got the the tiny the real tiny ones that are almost baseboard level i don't know if you've if you've heard anybody tell you about those but they're yeah. little and then they get bigger and then for some reason the situation escalates and it just gets bigger and bigger and i believe of course that these the little ones i mean those are trolls those are gnomes those are little men that are so wise and they've seen the world revolve around its billions of years of evolution and de-evolution and um just a just a timeless entity that really knows how to get what it wants and it's almost you know it's like the game portal you know they can just come in and out of the dimension as they please um trolls trolls live in trolls are either the rock that you think is a rock that you're leaning against or they live under it and they can drag you under it there's tunnels you're supposed there's supposedly networks of tunnels um so yeah as a kid i grew up with anytime i wanted as when i was a little girl anytime i wanted a type of fairy thing you know of course when i was really young it was no fairies are bad you know don't listen to all the crap and you're not going to this fairy birthday party in in um just or like little gnomes like erasers i might have gotten an eraser one time in school that was a gnome my dad throw that thing out the window so fast you know and they're they're very of course superstitious like i don't pick up coins on head or on on tails period i don't you know um I think a lot of that has to do with like your mind power. You believe in something enough. It's going to mean something for you eventually. It's just impossible not to. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it about the fairies and that, and being Irish, there's no good fairies. They're all bad. Um, the, I don't, I don't really know of any good entities that are little like that. And uh, of course, fairies don't look like a little person's body, you know, like a little naked lady with wings. It's, it's they're they're, they're just, torn up and old and decrepit and they crave the youth and that's why they attract they want children and stuff like that they mislead you in the forest they'll guide you to, in the wrong area um so yeah so i and, and 
another thing is the boogeyman. I have, this is a separate thing, but I have recurring nightmares from the Nightmare Before Christmas movie. I hate that movie. I hate Tim Burton. I, I, for some reason, that movie just gave me horrible nightmares for a long time. And so I never taught him about the boogeyman because of that movie. And, um, he's about to be seven. And to this day, like I said, I've never mentioned the boogeyman. I never, ever, neither is my wife. That's not really a part. So this one day in the trailer, he leaned over the, he leaned over the side and he looked at me turned around. He said, you know, there's a, a booger man at the end of the hall. And I looked at my wife and he was like, can you not let the booger man get me? You know, please don't let that booger man get me. And it took us a minute to figure out what he was saying. And of course my wife looks at me horrified and she's like, We've never told him anything about a boogie. Is he talking about a boogeyman? Because we've never said anything about that. And I look over, and when I looked over, me and him at the same time, we looked down the hall, and this, and I'm, it sounds crazy, but the moon was shining through this window, this diamond-shaped window at this very particular point. And in this spot, I could see what he was seeing, and it was a flash. And now this, I was not seeing with my two eyes right in front of me. This was right in my my prefrontal lobe. This was right on the edge of my skull, like a like a projector on the on the front of my head right here. And it was this creature crouched with long gangly arms, crossed its arm like this, like kind of hunched like any scary Halloween prop you see, you know, in the stores and stuff like that. And it had snot dripping down its face and these long fangs up and down and it had this grimace you know not a, not a grin like a like it was just disgusted with me and everything around it in the room and it was disappointed in me for if that makes sense it was just a weird type of feeling and i looked back at my wife and so like i always do i got up and i drew this thing i just scribbled it down on a piece of paper real quick exactly what i saw and i told her this is what i just saw this is what he's looking at this is a booger man you know he doesn't mean boogers he's talking about drool and snot and like carnage coming out of this thing's mouth he's just two years old so those are boogers to him and so as soon as i sit back down on the couch she's kind of giving me this weird look and my son starts crying saying someone's pinching him and then i felt all three of us sit on the couch felt like a grown man <clears throat> came up and kicked the side of the couch and it was just boom it was a violent thing and i know i know i knew that it was something on all fours that ran down the hallway and headbutted the couch. I don't know how I can say I know that, but I know that. I know that's what it was. I know it's what it did. I could feel it. I could see it, but I couldn't at the same time. And so we all get up off the couch and I tell everybody, you know, we'll sleep in the living room together. And from that day, I hadn't slept for about two days before that. And then a week into not sleeping. So I was about nine days of not sleeping. I come home from work one day. And I, no one's home. I'm home alone. My wife's out with her friends. Cause she, she, at this point, you know, one time we had been having like some, you know, personal time together. If you catch my drift and she had been, something had made contact with her. That was not me. And that was for her. That was it of being alone or being exposed or anything like that. I mean, like, and it was pretty, you know, to keep it rated G, of course, like I said, that I know you get what I'm saying. She, some touched her and it was weird. And, and that was, that was a really huge deal in that place. Um, let me ask you a question before I forget. Uh, when it comes to that situation, have you ever thought about 
the whole idea of an incubus? Yeah, except, um, uh, yeah, I, you know, of course I looked it up and the next day and I, I had, well, I explained to her that right then and there, what the difference was between the succubus and the incubus and what the two want. And, um, but they had never done anything like that to me. I had never experienced the the signs of any physical activity like that when I was younger. I never got that, um, feeling off of it. But as soon as I had my wife's like seriously girly and she's really, really attractive and thin and really nice looking. So I just knew this in this, I knew what it was that had touched her was this. I, I, every time I know it's this thing, I get this, I know, I know it right away. It's hard to explain, but, um, I think that it was like trying to show me that no matter what it can touch anything I have or want or anything I'm a part of, it can be there. And somehow it's going to be there. It's going to affect it, touch it, ruin it, take it, morph it, change it, you know, frame me for it, whatever it can do. Um, And I think that was like a big show of it kind of like rearing its ugly head and like, like, you know, bang on its chest at me. Um, And so now I'm in the ninth day of not sleeping. Like I said, I come home from work and this, this is, I, to this day, I believe this thing, what it told me, I believe it'll happen. I don't, I'm not scared of it. I don't think that there's anything I could do about it if I was scared. So I feel like I've come to this term that like, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, then I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, but I had to, I decided to grab a beer again and I went into the bathroom to use the restroom. And while I'm using the restroom, I, I heard, and I had no TV, no radio. I had just walked in the house. I mean, like I'd only been in there two minutes from unlocking the door, going to the fridge and, you know, running to the bathroom real quick. And I was drawing water and going to the bathroom. So I'm sitting there looking over to the door and I heard this almost like if someone had a radio on their shoulder walking down the hall and it was a static white noise. And I could only picture it as a ball of static white noise. And it, and it came down the hallway at me and it stood in the door. And I, I knew I could see this thing as if it was like just the, just a bending of like reality just around the edges, like, like just barely enough that you could see there was something there, like just, just like a transparent thing but almost 3d you know i mean but i could see the curve of it maybe its legs but it was just the bending of the light around it and it said in this like a super high voice um like a like a male it was definitely a male voice to me i thought it sounded like an angel like an angel like a male's angel voice and it said one day i'm going to kill you and it said it but it was like it was way more mad. I can't even replicate it. It was like one day I'm going to kill you. It was like a matter of fact type of thing. And but it was almost reassuring, more like like as if that would be something I wasn't terrified of hearing, you know, like like one day I'm gonna fix that mailbox. You know, it was something like that. And I heard this very audibly and, and this and I had ne- I had never up to this point heard something like that so real right in front of my face. And all of a sudden I got this overwhelming feeling that I needed to see this Tyler commander kid that I had seen previously. And I could feel that if I, if I went outside and looked that I would be able to get away from this thing. And all I had to do was look for him and just to get my mind off something else. And why my mind came to that, I don't know, but I was trapped in the bathroom and 
you know, just flight or flight. So I stand up, I turn the water off and everything. And I looked right in the doorway and I'm like, "Mm, no, no, not right now. And I walked right out through the door and I ran out of the house and ran out of the house. Nothing happened. I ran down the hallway, ran out of the house. And as soon as I got outside, I looked to my left and I saw this Tyler commander walking through this yellow construction pole right through it. And it was like, it was like the last two seconds of him having walked by. I mean, like, like, and it was like, almost like when someone does something slow speed and then you you make it go faster, you can see the different shapes of their legs moving. You know, it, it was just like that. It was like weird. I don't know how to describe it. And then it was gone in an instant. And that was a transparent, very vague visual that I had. It was so unclear, but I knew what it was because I got away from the thing that was inside. So I don't sleep for two more weeks after this. And I finally, I get in a fight with my wife in the kitchen. And I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you at this time, I had thought about killing her every single time she was mad at me or we argued about anything. And we fought constantly in this place and it could be about anything. It'd be about money. It could be about Christian. He was, uh, he was asking, why is that guy killing that girl in the bathroom over and over for this long period of time? And we didn't have any answers for him, you know, and we were saying, I, I don't know what you're talking about, or we don't see anything. And, you know, we, I don't know. And only when he got a little more clear about it, he would say, no, there's a guy in the bathroom killing that little girl. And <clears throat> so she was real freaked out about that. And, um, I finally turn around in the kitchen and we're fighting one day. And I, I tell her, I'm like, I'm really about to break down right now. Cause I'm so tired. I can't even stay awake. And so I finally tell her this thing said it was going to kill me. And I'm, I'm, I believe it, you know, like I think I have these dreams that you're going to find me in a corner in the house, totally ripped open it from top to bottom and blood everywhere. Like I had, like something's going to run at me on all fours and just start tearing me open. I know it. I kept telling her, I know it. And so she finally put her foot down. She's like, well, we have to do something about it. So right down the road, there was a, a tattoo shop and on the left of it, was this candle shop and this elderly black guy owned it and he had all these trinkets and all these blessed objects and stuff like that. It was like a mystic shop. And I go in there <clears throat> not thinking anything's going to help. You know, I was a little pessimistic at the time and I was tired and this thing was like draining me constantly. Um, and I explained to this gentleman, I tell him everything I can. And he's like, well, what have you seen? And I'm like, I haven't seen anything yet i just can tell you what it said what it does to me and what it f- smells like and what it feels like i can tell you what it, the air tastes like 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 everyone says sulfur like sulfur and salt just like a real pungent smell and um he asked me a couple questions about my heritage and then he brings me to this one section of this shop and he hands me these three candles and they're tall bright green candles and they have a picture of the forest on them and he tells me you have a three-toed tree sprite in your house. And I tell him, but I'm sorry, but this doesn't seem like well, something like this. This seems like like a like someone got murdered here or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And he goes, he goes, Well, of course, right now, you know, but put light these candles and are you ready to get rid of it? He says. And I'm like, Yeah, I mean, of course. He's like, Well. I don't know if I can believe you or not because you seem a little stressed out and you're going to have to have your wits about you if you're going to light these three candles. And he told me to light one at each entrance and exit at the house. 
And so we take this home. I do it. Everything's cool for a night. You know, there's that like sugar pill phenomena of, you know, hey, I, you know, everything's working. It's great. And, you know, this maybe this really took care of it. And Tiffany and I ended up getting in a fight over something dumb. And I went to the back room to take a nap. I went to go to sleep. And this, she's in the living room with a kid, and my roommate is in his room, which is on the other side of where I was at. I'm laying on the bed, and the door was in the room, and it slammed shut harder than any, harder than I could have slammed the door my, myself standing there. It slammed shut, and I feel something coming from the corner of the room behind this door right to the foot of the bed at me. And I'm screaming for my wife. I'm like – you know, come get me, come get me. I'm screaming for her. And she says, she tell, she said that she picked up Christian and went to walk down the hall and she could not make one more step down the hall, no matter what she did. So she starts screaming for my roommate. My roommate comes out and he starts breathing all heavy and he's like, you know, F it. And he just kind of walks towards the door and he throw and he can't, well, he throws the door open after trying to open it for a second. And I kept screaming, it's going to get me. You know, you need to open it. It's coming at me right now. And finally, the door opened after a little bit of struggle from my roommate's end, and this thing disappeared. I mean, like like that. Like there was no force in front of me. It was just over. And I get up, and I'm like, I'm like, why didn't you come get me to my wife? And she's like, I couldn't get down the hall, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, God damn, you know, I'm like really mad and stuff. And I turn around, and I look out each window in my bedroom. And there's three. I look out the two that are facing the trailer behind me, and the one in front. And then the last window I look at, I had a couple of pet rats. I look over them out this window towards the back. And there, I cannot express to you how real some, if, if someone, I mean, goes, this kind of stuff is real or someone had a mask and they knew everything about me. It's either one of the two and which one really seems crazier when it comes down to it. I saw this thing with this horrible face it was so mad at me it was like disgusted with me but it was upside down at the top of the window and it was hanging and i knew i got goosebumps telling you right now i knew as soon as i looked through these blinds and mind you i had my two fingers pinched through them and i had just chinked them a little bit to look out and i saw this thing and i looked up just a little bit and i could i could it got darker it was getting later at night so it got darker when it went up but it had Ear, it had ears like 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 long chihuahua ears upside down and it was it was it was mad at me it had these nasty teeth it had this gray upper lip that was like curled back and it had wrinkles on it and everything and i saw it and then I, so i let go of the blinds and so that's why it freaks me out so much that i had told my dad a million times when i was a kid that it some i'd have to be hanging by my feet to look that high out of the blinds and it, th those blinds were open just like how I looked in this trailer. And I told my wife about this and I kept telling, you know, these connections, I can't, I must've died and gone into a different dimension. There's no way that in this world, you know, being raised a Catholic and then seeing the world fight over religion and simple things like, like, like bathroom laws and stuff like that, that these connections, that this can be real or like, some some of us are missing the real picture here because this is a problem, you know, like this is something real for me. Um, and so I went through a slew of other things. I, I've tried to get these these jade pieces to hang up in my rooms. I remember my mom talking about them and I looked it up online and I found out that this only picture that was on the Internet was painted by a Frenchman that was traveling in the Celtic woods. And uh, 
he had been some a woman was moaning in the distance and it led this thing led him to it and he had just happened to see it making these calls in the trees before it saw him just by chance and it turned around and he said that's the picture what this picture i sent you that's what it looks like is is what he saw then and um that's the only picture you find on the internet if you type in three-toed tree sprite there's no other pictures you can't i mean you can't you find maybe you find drawings of if you if you know where to look in, in you know like a like Irish folklore and things like that maybe you find a picture but it's never gonna look the same and that's the only one so sometimes that even that makes it harder for me to believe that it's all real but so my my kid starts having way worse problems so anyway after this night of course I shut the blinds and I ran away crying like a little girl you know I mean I slammed the door of the room and I <laughs> ran to the living room and I'm like. You know, we're just going to have to, we're moving, you know, I'm like, I gotta, I'm going to put some money together. We got to get out of here. Knowing deep in my heart and soul that it's not just the place that I'm living in though. It's me and where I'm at with my life and what, like how I need to react to it. And I, I, you know, hated myself for not just punching it square in the face. But I mean, like to see something real like that, it's, it's, it's just as real as seeing someone standing, a person standing outside your window. You know, you, the shock is the same. It's, it's a foreign object that's definitely not supposed to be there. And um, so I don't see this Tyler Commander figure anymore. And I had this dream that it had lost out to this entity in some type of way. It was maybe like a like a protector of the area that died there too soon. Tyler Commander, uh, people said he was a good guy a good presence. Um, you know, he, he, like he said, he went too soon. And so maybe he was just trying to help out or he picked up on it and something, but this thing, this disappeared. And so it started hitting us really hard. I mean, I, I used to hear like scraping on the, on the roof. That was way too, it sounded like someone dragging a dead body across it. And it would be at three or four points at once. I mean, like no squirrel in, in Southern Florida is that big. There's no raccoons that big. Um, and I would go out and look. There'd be nothing there. I used to walk to the gas station with my son, and he'd be holding hands and talking to some little girl the whole way, up and down, up and down. And then we would get back to the house, and he'd be sitting on the ground. And this one particular time, he was reading a book to this little girl. We asked him, who you reading to? And he's like, you know, the girl. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I knew, of course, it was real. But to him, we're just like, you know, hey, that's good. So he's flipping through the pages, and I look over. And as soon as I had, as soon as I finished mentioning that I was aware of this, this little girl's presence, the end of this book that my son is holding lifts up higher than he's holding it in the air and drops down. And then about, I would say like a fraction of a second later, this blue, he had this blue, uh, like kind of kickball type ball and it had a Mickey mouse on it. And that thing went soaring across the living room. Faster than, you know, like I, like I said, I could have thrown it myself. I mean, all these things are all these things I'm, I'm mentioning. They're all real violent and quick and, you know, really harsh. And you can feel the air whiz by you. And I felt the air from the door hit me and stuff like that. And so this ball goes by. And finally, my wife's like, you know, maybe it has something to do with the pink curtains in his room. And I, you know, slapping myself in the head. I'm thinking, how could I not think about this, this these pink curtains in my, in his room. And I had not changed them because I didn't have the money to buy these curtains. So all this time he's talking about this little girl getting killed by her dad drowned in the tub. Um, we go on to find out 
later on from the landlord that the trailer in front of that one had been burned to the ground and that there was a homicide, a suicide homicide in the one that we were in and no other details than that. But I knew, I knew just like that, that I had to take those curtains out of that room and deal with that thing on its own, that thing that's always there on its own. It can't be around anything that of like feed into it or that it could bounce off of, or, you know, it's crazy. It sounds like I'm trying to write a book, but it's like, it, it's like a demon itself battling other demons for the, for my attention. And it, but it just helps to have other things that those other things weigh me down. And it's way easier for that thing. Like to tell me like that day told me it was going to kill me. You know, I don't, it, that it took that opportunity after everything had weighed me down and ran its course to pop up and be the big beastly one that was there, the scariest thing. It's, and it's always been like that my whole life. And so my wife and I ripped these pink curtains out of Christian's room and he never talks about this little girl again. So those curtains were there when you moved in. Yep. Gotcha. And I had never, ever for the life of me ever thought about removing them or that they had anything to do with it. I had been so wrapped up in this, in this tree Sprite that even saying it, it still feels ridiculous to say it now. It, I had been so wrapped up in trying to deal with it and get it away that I didn't think about the, you know, just the deduct, the deductive reasoning, you know, take everything else away and find the real problem. And so once I did this and he stopped talking about it, I started experiencing this thing only by myself. My wife is not subject to it anymore. Very rarely. My kid was not saying anything. And um, so I finally scraped up the money and we moved and we had every single object in the house move almost all night, every night for maybe two or three days after we moved. And then all of a sudden it was just calm. It was dormant and nothing happened. And it was, there was this long period. And, um, the, the only thing that happened in the next place that I had lived in is one night I was out in the steps, smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer. And I, I look across and I'm looking at this. I don't know how to, you know, it's hard to say when I know that there's like no proof because it's something I saw. But if you just hear me out, I was looking at this telephone pole and I, I, I saw a monkey on this telephone pole, but I'm in South Florida. There's no monkeys here. And I, my first, my first immediate reaction was that's a monkey. My, and this was a nanosecond. I mean, like a small fleeting thought. The next thought was that how much of an idiot I am for thinking that that's a monkey hanging off that wire and not that thing that's been bothering me. I took one more look at it and I could, I could see it's, it's ears like, it's almost like a goat, like the ears lay down or something like they lay down over its head and it's got this huge crown. And I like, of course, I almost crap my pants and it and it looked me like dead in my eye and I could see it. And it's got to me. I had seen like this pale yellow eyes and it had one black line down the middle, not like a cat's where it's curved, sort of. I mean, like one black line right down the middle, pale yellow, like a lemonade for the rest of the eye. And I saw this and I went back inside and I started swearing to myself that I was going to be like positive and I was going to, I was going to work with the universe and I was going to use the laws of attraction and I was not going to allow like all the negative stuff to bother me so that it could feed off of it. And, um, so like a years, a couple of years go on. Some weird stuff starts happening at this other place. It's it's typical stuff, stuff moving, 
I can hear stuff at night. My wife swear and she hears people multiple times of me willing to bet money on it that my wife had just said hello and walked in the door and I sent my two-year-old to go say hi. And then there's nothing there. And he comes back or no, he wasn't two at the time. I'm sorry. This was when he was like five years old because that happened when we were, he was younger. But at this time when there was no like sightings, this main like poultry, like petty poltergeist type activity. And he was, he would tell me mom's not here, you know? And then my wife would tell me, you know, what'd you just say? Or, or she called me from another room and then she'd come walking into the room I'm in and she'd be, have this horrible look on her face and be like, I, I could have sworn that I was just having a conversation with you in the next room, but it's not, it's not me. And I know when it's not, even if I hear her, I just, I'm not good at, I can't tell if it's her or not. That time when there's no one there, I heard her say, Hey, I'm home. You know, and it's, you get used to your hearing your wife, the, even you can sure. tell a burglar walks in, even if they got her keys in her purse, you could tell if it's your wife, you know, you spend a lot of time, I'm sure you know. And, um, I can't, I can't tell the difference. And I know that that, that's it calling it to me, but maybe in like a weaker state, I kind of think like if I don't let it breed and fester and like let it choke the life out of me. Um, and if I just so happen to be in an area where that's the only entity present, it's all, it's just takes, it takes the back burner. I just gotta be hard to believe, but, um, you know, so any of these things go on or whatever. And we're talking about like, dang, you know, I, I really hope this stuff doesn't like spike up again. And I walk around the flea market. I find this painting. This painting has this thing on it. I buy the painting and hang it up in my house. Cause I'm crazy. Um, and I just want to entice it or something like that. Not really. It's a cool painting, you know, and it's from French and it's an original one. And, uh, nothing happened after we put it up right now. I just moved in to, a pretty big place. Um, I have an acre of land now. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's sickening to think about the fact that I'm surrounded by the woods because that's, that's, that's where it comes from. It comes from the woods. It lives in the woods, a wooded area. It needs, it needs that moonlight through the trees. There's a filter that it gives off. There's a, there's a, a light spectrum that we can't see when the moon hits the trees at night like that. And you got the right, space and the right tint and i i mean um just the it's everything's got to fall into place sometimes for some people and that's why I, I sort of sometimes don't believe in in maybe like mediums and stuff like that because you can't choose to see stuff and you can't you can't practice to see stuff because you're going to see what you practice to see well you know you stuff has to be in the right spot and when it when it dovetails like that and everything's in the right spot Anything is possible. And so now what I do now or what I what I experience now after having such a nice break that I just got from everything is that my front and back door, I breed green wing and golden blue macaws and a number of other birds, I, I've taught, uh, almost 800 birds. Um, so I, you know, I'm really I'm pretty serious about security. You know, we got a couple guns. Um, the security, I got cameras and stuff like that. And I always check the doors. My, my windows stay locked 90% of the time. I'm, I work seven days a week, 10 hours a day. So I don't typically, um, I'm never really, I don't have the time to be home to open up my windows and let the air come in. And, uh, I live out in the country now in a nicer place. Like I make a lot more money now with the birds. So I'm in a happier spot and like my marriage is in a good spot. 
My son's about to be seven. He's been doing good in school. So I, but every time my life is good and I think I have everything just lined up to be happy for a little bit, it's a looming monkey on my back. And I, we just started when we moved in here. I've, I've lived here for two months now in this place. And no matter how many times I shut and lock the front and back door religiously at the same time every night, because I go to bed at the same time every night, this door, these doors will open in the middle of the night, anywhere from 11 and I mean like no sooner than 11.30 p.m. and no later than three in the morning. It will not happen before or after those times. If I'm awake in those times, both of those doors will become unlocked. And it's, and it could be, at the, I mean, I don't know if it happens at the same time, well, I hear it. I, I audibly hear it and I have to go get up and check it. And for a while, my wife and I argued about it because I didn't believe that she didn't unlock it. And this is how this thing gets me every single time. I never believe her. Like I always, for some reason, I just feel like she doesn't want me to get mad about it. So she's just saying, no, I don't know. You know, maybe you forgot or something, but she doesn't ever blame the entity itself. She just says, maybe you forgot. But I think about it, I'm like, no, I don't forget. So then the next night I make a note to myself, make sure you remember locking that dang door. And I did. And I told her the next morning she went to lock it and look at it. And the screws are almost all the way out of it on all sides of the deadbolt, like hanging on by one of the threads. Same with the back door. So she took a screwdriver, tightened them up. And she's got to do that once every couple of days without Without my, no one else lives here. I live just me, my wife, my son. I got five dogs, you know, little dogs, cats outside, and birds. That's it. Nobody ever comes in here. Um, but it's, I believe that it's, this is like, I can just feel that it's one of these little things that it starts to do. So she and I fight. And then it feeds off that. And then we fight, and then I don't sleep because I'm upset. And when I don't sleep, that's, you know, you open, you have that many more hours, 12 more hours a night to see stuff, hear stuff. And, um, any time of the night when you look out and I have birds out there. So if there's an emergency, you know, I got, if I have to run out in the middle of the night, I got to run, I got to run out there. But I mean, I can't tell you how scary it is to look out there. And I, there are huge patches in my backyard where the moonlight goes right through the trees at the right spot. And it's a, it's, it's like a little, it's like, you have you played Zelda? Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those. It's like one of those spotlights in the in the forest where you walk up and um when you're in the the big oak tree thing and you see the kid playing the, where you get the ocarina, you see him playing it. It's got that light shining down like that. It's just like that all over here, and it makes me sick. And I know that in each every one of those spots, that thing that's 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 where it's that's like it's almost like a portal, like you know, connect four. Like it's gotta it's gotta meet right, and that it can be there. And what it does while it's here depends on me and depends on where I'm at in my life. And then if it goes somewhere else or if it is dormant, which it kind of is sometimes, um, then I have this impending doom of when I can tell all the pieces are coming back together. And that's where I'm at right now. All the pieces are coming back together. So this thing is, it went, so when I was a baby, um, I didn't get to talk about it with my dad till I was way older, but he went on to let me know when I was adult, when I, when I was an adult, that he had walked around the house a couple of times alone and mentioned, you know, you need to leave my house. You need to leave my house. 
and that he could hear this thing whisper my name and his name, but which is also my little brother's name in this weird whispery voice. And, um, that he, I was already, I had already moved out of the house by this time, but almost a week after he had started hearing this without him asking for it, he had moved out of the house. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's just, that's pretty much it. It's kind of, um, I have, I hadn't gone, I haven't gone through my pictures, but I, I have, I still have some of the pictures I drew, um, from, of the guy that I saw that I just so happened to, to come into contact with these separate paranormal entities because of where I lived. But one of them had already preexisted. My son having seen that little girl in that, 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 that trailer is just pure coincidence of me living in that trailer, you know? so three separate things two have to do with the location. One has to do with my, my life. And they just added up like that. And, um, it was, it was like living in, it is living in a haunted house. I mean, there's so many things that happen every day that I can't, I couldn't keep you here and recall all of them, but I'd have plates break stuff fall out. Of, I had, I have the chair. I wake up and for some reason, the chairs that all be facing each other away from the table, like, no, like the you know no space in between like just the chairs touching each other weird weird stuff all the time and um so yeah i mean that's that's pretty mm-hmm. much it i know it's about to i can feel it every day it gets a little worse every day <clears throat> i get a little more mad about little stuff every day i hear i hear the door a little more every day i, I can hear right before i go to sleep i hear my name and it sounds like a whisper, a fast, a fast whisper, but it's not mean. There's no feeling behind it. It's just my name. It's like, Casey, you know, it's just real fast. Every, almost every night before I go to sleep, I've heard that since I was a kid. And they say there's like a syndrome for that or something like that. Um, where like you hear loud bangs or weird stuff before you go to sleep, right before you go to sleep at night, like exploding head syndrome or something like that. Um, and I hear that all the time. And when it gets worse and worse and worse and louder, I know for a fact I'm going to I'm going to fight with my wife that week. And then I know for a fact that she's going to go somewhere and then I can I can almost predict like clockwork that I'm going to be here alone. You know, my kid's going to be at school or something. and I, There's going to be a time it will make a time for me to be here alone. So it can either tell me it's going to kill me, chase me out of the house like it's done or corner me in a part of the house. And I'm. I haven't, I haven't been in this, I've only been in this new house alone a couple of times and I'm not scared and I'm not afraid to admit that even to this day, I still, I, I've always told my wife, you know, I make sure I love, I tell her I love her a couple extra times maybe because I let her know, you know, I, you might come home one day and find me like up against the corner and I mean like chest down, just ripped open and, and like just torn up, not eaten or consumed, just killed. It's just I just, it's like being prey. What's her reaction when you say that? She didn't like me saying that. She always says um, that I don't know that. Sure. I don't know that to be true. I don't, um, I can't predict the future, even though like I, I pretty well can almost predict what people say, you know, what they say before they say it. If it's negative, if there's feeling behind it, I can tell how someone's going to react before they react. Um, and I was she's got this thing about me always being right. Like I always make the right calls, the right choices. So she kind of always gives me this weird look. Like she just, she knows I'm right. She knows I'm right. I know I'm right. I know I'm right. I know that's, I know that if I, like I said, if I make it 
through however many years I got left to live before I get creamed, that if I don't die like that, or if I don't end up in a car accident and looking like that, and if you ever see the news or something like that, like I'm like someone found their house torn up, that that's that's gonna be me, and it's gonna be like unexplainable. And um, she hates when I say that, but I think she knows that I'm right. I think she I think she believes it too. I think that she's just kind of like we both sort of like what else do you do? Just like with the nuclear war thing going on, everyone's talking about, you just kind of, you got to go to work. I got to pay bills. So I can't right. really worry about it too much. You know, life goes on until it happens. There's nothing you can do. Exactly. So, um, but I'm not going to lie when I'm here alone, I don't go to certain parts of the house. I won't, I, I will not turn something up loud enough that I can't hear behind me. Um, and like, I makes me sound paranoid, but I have, I have dreams of me turning around with a drink in my hand. So I always have a beer in my hand, turning around, looking and seeing just not the, just a green, like wisp sort of like, it's too fast for me to really see it when it moves. Like, and it's going to hit me like a freight train and I'll be dead as soon as it hits me and it's going to tear me up and it's going to display me for my wife. And then it will, it will move on to whatever. I don't know what else. I mean, I don't know, but I just, I just, there's of course there's an equally as good chance that will never happen, but it's just that's just that's what it told me. It promised. It said one day I'm going to kill you. And so I like I like looking into um, these different t- kind of topics and look at see and look to see what has happened in the past. You know, when I when I uh, first started looking into the whole Bigfoot thing, everybody knows I'm in the Bigfoot. Um, right. A lot of people were saying that they were hit with infrasound from a Bigfoot. And when I first started looking into it, I was like, that's crazy. There, there's no way. That's impossible. Um, I never heard of anything such as that. And um, the more I looked into it then, and I forget when I started doing that, but I looked into it, I found out that giraffes have infrasound, whales have infrasound, tigers have infrasound, and tigers yep. use it as a weapon. Our military has used it as a weapon. And all of a sudden, it became more natural to me to think, okay, maybe that's something that's possible. Um, Have you ever, underneath that whole explanation, have you ever looked into doing some research on these uh, tree sprites? I don't know if if that's the proper terminology is plural or singular, but have have you ever heard of anybody else being um, threatened like that by these things? Um, Just a few accounts that I read online of people saying that they became aware of that it was a tree sprite when they, when they knew the situation was too good to be true almost, you know, like, like a man hearing like a prepubescent man hearing a woman moan in the woods or, or heroic man hearing a young child crying for their life. Um, and then people who I guess have been told stories of it growing up Irish are more skeptical. So we won't always, I won't always go run into the woods to save a child. I'm going to ask a question first. I'm going to look first, you know, um, I don't know. I, like I said, I did, a, I did so much research at the time when I had went to this gentleman that, uh, owned the, the, sh- the store that gave me the candles and I had asked him a million questions and he wouldn't answer any of them except that he told me what it was and that I wasn't ready to get rid of it. It's, and that was like, like he didn't want to be too involved in it. And, um, he mentioned that he did exorcisms, but he would just be taking my money because that's not what I need. 
and I appreciated him telling me that, you know, and um, it just kind of, it left me like with no answers. So of course my wife and I scoured the internet and I, at the time I couldn't find anything. All I found was that one picture and that one account of that guy. And later on I had found a few other things and there's this um, one thing it's, it's like a haunted America and you can type in like a street address or something like that. And people, uh, write their their local stories of the area and whatnot and um i couldn't find anything is that a website haunted america yeah i think it's haunted america yeah okay i think that's what it is um and you can like like i said i, I could look up the street that i'm living on and, and and in florida we have a lot of indian burial grounds it's almost all indian burial grounds if you think about it and um so there's uh, we have a million stories here and i I saw I, one thing I left out is I went to St. Augustine when I was around 16, 17 years old. And I saw somebody at the top of the tower and I, I was like so hell bent on going up to the top of this lighthouse. And I was like, well, there's someone up there. You know, why can't we go up there? And the guy had told me there's nobody up there. Um, it's been closed for since six o'clock. And I I, I, had, I saw somebody up there, like to the point where I was going, I was, I was mad. I couldn't buy tickets to go see the haunted lighthouse and um so i've seen stuff all over the state i see stuff all over the country though. like i said i mean like like there's um everywhere you go people have their own you know perception is reality and so what a demon is in one person looks completely different to somebody else but that doesn't make it two separate things that makes it one you know one force that's just malleable and i think they're all malleable and um for something like that like america's google's filter you know so you can only see a certain amount of stuff. And then, you know, even if you know how to, I know how to access the dark web, but even if you go to it, it's really not what people think it is once you're in it. I don't know if you've ever been, so it's kind of, it's just like the same. I so it's really like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, but you know, like people hype it up too much. There's really nothing. Um, you, you might be able to buy a little bit of green stuff online and get it in a CD case, but to find the weird stuff you hear stories of, you've really got to look for stuff and that's what they don't tell you. Um, but I couldn't ever find anything related to that on there. Um, I was never taught about the thing when I was a child. I wasn't taught about it in church. I wasn't taught about it by my grandmother. I was taught about sprites, but not about this very specific one, this three toed tree sprite. And, um, the guy said it was very specific. And that was, like I said, that was the only picture that, 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 uh, popped up i've never seen anything about it since except for that one painting that i had bought at the flea market that was the second time i had seen the image and that actually when i did research into that the french call that the green devil and they used it as a logo for a lot of their alcohol for a long time the green devil but it's got the tail and the long gangly legs and gangly arms and the horns and the ears and the long just kind of derogatory demeaning face of the same thing and, and to me it's the same of course you know it looks the same the green devil it's just, that's just and Fr france is relatively closer to ireland than we are so that's just their version of it you know and it's um all demons know how to turn into what you're scared the most of right and my heritage is is pretty scary i won't go in the woods i used to go to ireland every every summer up until i was 17 i never went in the woods we don't, people don't, you don't just go play in the woods over there. You know, there's no, there's in the movies, they might show the kids running around in a Creek with 
you know, the, the light shine through the trees. That's, that doesn't really happen. Really? Um, people don't come back sometimes when you go in there. And there's tons of areas out there where people do not come back, period. You know, whether you go in a group or something and people get, uh, they get separated, they get disoriented, come out days and days later, not knowing where they've been or, or maybe been gone for days thinking they've only been gone for 15 minutes. Um, it's weird. It's like all the paranormal things you can think of in one. I mean, there's in the, in the forest is like, it's the oldest place. It's got the oldest beings being the trees in the forest. And that's whether you go to Redwood, California, I mean, you think about it over there. I love California. I used to, I used to, I used to go to that place all the time. Um, and this tree's seen everything. So everybody, anybody who's died there, any wars, anything, the trees that are standing, they absorb that and they absorb it just like energy can be, it, it, you know, the energy you leave off when you die. If there's enough of it, it can be just as dense as water vapor or air vapor or like, like sound waves, stuff like that. You know, I mean, that's why people have EMF readers and stuff like that, you know, for what comes off of a pipe. It might be bad wiring, but if there's no wiring in an area and you're getting a reading, I mean, this, there's obviously something there. So, you know, the forest is pretty powerful. I think a lot, I think a lot of the stuff that the world deals with that's pretty bad comes out of there. When you got stuff like like the moon omits its own light, you know, we know that now. We know that it's not the sun reflecting off the moon. It's the moon has its own light because it's colder. It's way colder than the sun. And so now that we can measure stuff like that, what does that mean? So that means the moon's its own thing. You know, it's not just something that has to do with this earth and the sun. And, you know, um, I think people are getting a little closer to what it really is with the whole flat earth thing. I know that sounds crazy, but I, if you really look at it, people slowly, slowly over time come closer to grips with the fact that it's really not what we're all told it is because we haven't even, there's no proof of until now. And now people are curious. So they're doing their own experiments with the light and the moon. And I know that 99% of the time it take. I know for that thing to come in here, it takes, it's gotta be nighttime. I got to have some type of problem going on in my life, some type of availability. I could, I could just sit here and say that I want it to come back. You know, I really honestly believe that I could just sit here and say, you know, I'm, I'm ready to believe that I'm not crazy, that the, all that stuff really did happen to me, that I, I want to see it again. I believe I could sit here and if the conditions were right, it would, it would, it would, it would manifest itself and just terrorize me again. Like it did the last time. And the last time was the worst time that it was around. But the last time, like I said, was the time that I had so happened to live in a place where people got murdered and live next to a place where people got killed in a fire, you know? So do you, do you think, cause you said earlier about the coincidence, I don't know. I, I find myself at a point in my life with looking into different things that I'm really starting to believe that coincidences are much more further apart between each other than what we think. I, I think there's a lot, a lot of times things happen and we call it a coincidence, but it may not necessarily be a coincidence. And do you think there could be some kind of um, explanation outside of coincidence that there are those experiences that were happening around you that maybe you don't feel were exactly relating to uh I guess, I guess we'll just say it was the tree sprite. Um, so I'm saying like your son, 
seeing these things, you know, the boogeyman, um, the little girl, do you think that that might actually have something to do with what's going on with you? Um, sort of like a butterfly effect, kind of like everything cut type of, yeah. I mean, or, or maybe kind of like you hit on it earlier where, um, demonic entities, uh, can appear in different forms. What, why not, you know, have it appear as a little girl to your son to draw near to your son. Right. Um, that, and of course, until, you know, that is exactly what I had told Tiffany the whole time that this thing will be whatever you want it to be. If it, it, it'll know that you'll accept a child or it'll know that you'll accept this or that. And, um, I had solely believed that that's what it was doing up until I had, I had was privy to the information of the murder. Um, then I was a little confused and I was left with a bunch of questions like, okay, so, so then these are separate things, you know, like this person that I saw at night, he really did die here in this trailer. These people really did burn to death here. Um, and this little girl really was killed here. So all the, are these, you know, do they awaken each other or, I, I mean, it sometimes, of course, I'd like, to, I'd like to feel like it was all in, in place for something greater to happen later on in life. Maybe it's my life or his life or my wife's life, you know, or, or whoever. Um, I had a friend that wit- witnessed a pizza box fly across the room and swore he would never go back in and he didn't, he never went back in my place. Um, other people that were like, see my wires lift up and fall back down to their place in it. Like there was no gravity or something. That's how they always described it. Like gravity left that area. Um, so there was like a lot of people that it affected and, and that saw it. I hope that, you know, if it is, if it isn't coincidence, but I mean, that's scary because that would be to say that it's intentional. And if it's intentional, then who intends what happens and how can, that be an intention when there's so many other variables of the same situation in different parts of the world and the country. So whereas, you know, a, um, a Tibetan monk might experience a demon in its own way. So is this, is the attention for that scenario, the same as my Irish scenario or, you know, like a, like a, you know, like a Muslim sees a, see something and Chinese people, you know, everybody sees it differently and it's all based on what they've seen in their culture. I do truly believe that it's got a pure form. There's a true form, but I mean, we can't see it because we all, we're all, we have culture. If we didn't have culture, then we wouldn't attribute ourselves to the things that we think we see. So we always, you know, like everybody sees God in their own image, you know, it's, and people call it a sin, but you can't help it. What else are you supposed to you know, you can't you can't draw it like an alien or people start calling you crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't say it's right. a girl. People call you crazy. God or whatever. Um, so I, I sort of feel like each one of those entities needed something. And I just happen to be like this, the perfect little like vessel for all of that to pass through each other at the time. I pure I that Tyler commander. um entity that that was a real person and i mean that name itself you can look up on the internet and it'll give you the story of the area brandon florida Virica, florida um that's that really happened and i i think he needed somebody to help and i think that just no it the opportunity hadn't presented itself because i mean he helped me 
a couple of times. I mean, my wife will tell anybody she remembers. I mean, I used to ask, you know, maybe like it's kind of it's weird to be in such a crazy spot. But I would find myself wondering, you know, where is he when I need him? And that's weird because I had never had a conversation with this ghost. I have only fleeting seconds plus the panic attack and the information that I had found out from people. Um, but I was looking for it whenever stuff got really bad with the other thing. And I always seemed to come upon it until the end and it disappeared. Um, I think it needed to help somebody or that it had been dormant for a long time, that entity. And, he, and I, I do believe that when people br- truly don't want to die, they stay right where they are. And it's hard to leave that spot because that's so heavy. It's, it's like a wormhole. You put a bowling ball in it and the threat, like a, put like put a bowling ball on a trampoline. If you distort one thread, you have to distort the other. You know, you can't just, it's not just straight. It's not a you know, lineated straight line. So if one thing goes sour, there's another thing that has to go sour. And so he just happened to like be around at the right time to help somebody out that was susceptible. Or maybe he smokes a cigarette as a ghost in the front of that trailer park every night. You know, I don't know. Um, what would you do or what would you think? Now, this is just purely hypothetical. But if Tyler Commander... One day you look out your window and you see him standing next to the birds at your house right now. Um, what would I think? I'd have two two very strong emotions. The first one is the one that I always felt when I saw him, which is just overwhelming joy and happiness. I mean, like I've seen a like I haven't seen like it's a friend I haven't seen in years, you know, like, like someone that died came back to life, but I had never met this person in the living flesh. I was offered one time to watch a video of him at a party and I refused because I, I, I didn't think my psyche could handle seeing the video and like knowing what I saw. I just, I just, I saw, I, I had, and you know, like I was, I'm pretty open person, but I had to say no to that one, but, um, I'd be happy. Of course, my first reaction would be happy. I, 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 I can see it, you know, I'd be standing there and I would be like, probably already thanking him for being just for being there but i'd have i'd also have to wonder why he was there you know um and i would know that it's because he's gotta like protect me from something but why me i don't know because like i said i have literally no connection to this person whatsoever um I saw, I don't know if I I don't know if I think I'll ever see him out here. I think he's more tied to that area because that's where he died. Um, and his grandpa still lives there. But it's a little scary, you know. Now that you say that, it's scary to think about that the 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 sprite gaining any type of energy and then nobody being here to help me at all. And that's you know that's 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 why I say there's it's, there's going to be a time where it will have what it needs just like it does when it needs to manifest everything will fall into all the cards fall into place at right the right time and it's um it's gonna like shred me to pieces <laughs> well i hope not but, uh yeah kind of taking it way back here to your mom yeah and the witchcraft uh from what i understand you were pretty young when yeah. she st- was doing that one you you don't need to you choose how much detail you want to give. I don't know if you have a relationship with your mom now, how long have you talked to her? How, when's the last time you talked to her or whatever? I know, it, you know, it was rough there for a while. Um, do you know if she's still practicing witchcraft? And do you think that 
do you think that this all started because of your mom and what what she was doing? Did she start this whole ball of entities in your life? Is that how you um, feel? To uh, you know that I do. I blame my mother for every single thing be- on on a basis that um, of making me so susceptible. Not making me Irish, of course. You know that's not something people can help, but making me a target. I think I blame my mom almost a hundred percent. My dad never did anything crazy like that. Um, and I haven't spoken to my mom in 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 seven and a half years. And yeah, that's when I was eighteen. I was just turning nineteen, and um, she. So after I had moved out she got arrested for something and my grand I guess she, she broke a, a, a grown man's shoulder, a cop's shoulder. My mom's real little hopped up on drugs, but she's like real, like strung out little lady. She went to a grocery or a gas station and took a beer. She had a beer with her, finished that beer, took a new one out of the cooler, put the old one in there. The guy, the cashier tells her, Hey, what are you doing? You can't do that. I'm calling the cops. And she goes, go ahead. F and do it. Calls the cops. Cop comes in. Apparently, the, on the video, which is why my mom got a lot, a lot of time for this, she punches him in the shoulder and breaks his shoulder completely right then and there. And you can on the video, my grandma says that the guy, obviously, his arm goes down, and um, then so she gets another officer comes in, she gets detained, and she's spinning and fighting, and uh, swearing that she's gonna eat them to death, bite them to death, eat them to death, um, and then. The last visual I have of my mom when I got on the bus to head back to Brandon, which is where I live now. Um, thank God I don't have to take the Florida bus anymore. But she, the last thing I saw was in Largo. I had turned around and, and one last look because she was walking in circles in the road, tight circles in the middle of the road. And she bent over on the sidewalk and spread her legs out and took her two hands and she put them over her head and then slapped the ground and brought up two huge handfuls of dirt and funneled them into her mouth and ate this dirt. This is the last time I had seen my mother in person. And I mentioned this to my grandma and my, my grandmother loves my mom. Still it's her daughter attributes all of this to um, bipolar and the drugs. I know better because I was there when my mom was doing the drugs and my mom wasn't just doing drugs. She was doing drugs. Then she was summoning demons and either sleeping with them with her friends or offering stuff that she should not have been offering, which I have a really big feeling that part of that was me, that she offered me or she allowed something into her life at the time when I was so young and it latched on to me. Um, and like I said, my mom is Irish too, and she's a hundred percent all the way uh, um, as Irish as you get. And my, um, uh, my grandma had let me know that a couple of my mom's old high school friends went to go help her in prison and give her some guidance and counseling and try to get her to calm down. Cause she was fighting her other inmates and stuff like that. And like taking people's teeth out and all this crazy stuff. And I, I imagine I I keep on the phone. Every time my grandma tells me something, I just, I'm in shock. I'm like, you know, how is my mom doing all this stuff being as strung out as she is, you know, someone should be able to take her down. Um, this guy, a portly gentleman went to go help her that she had been friends with. And 
he said that he could see her smiling through the side where the inmates sit on the other side with the telephone. He could see her smiling. When he came around the corner, her smile turned into the most disgusted scowl that he's ever seen on a person's face. And she started talking in this low, growly voice. You know, what are you doing here? You're not the one. I thought my boyfriend was coming. I thought my brother was coming. Um, calling him all sorts of bad names, threatening him with all this stuff, saying that she's going to bite off his, you know, what, and like all this crazy stuff. And then all of a sudden, a guard comes around the corner, and my mom's like as nice as can be, and starts saying that the guy, the portly gentleman, said that he was going to do X amount of lucid acts to my mom. But even though they were on camera and he had never said anything like that, he was trying to help her. To me, that screams that she's been possessed since I was seven years old. Yeah. Because when I, because I, because when I was seven years old, that's I got taken away by the state of Florida. My mom had a baby. I raised her from when she got taken home by the hospital up until she was one. That was my little sister Hannah. And I was pretty close with her. And at seven years old, I was pretty stressed out trying to keep this baby alive, you know. And um, I had wit. I I hid under the sink one time in my, my house. And I watched my mom argue with herself for two hours over nothing. And it was like brutal. It was like, I'm without any of the bad words, you know, it was, I'm going to kill you. No, you're not. I'm going to murder you. I'm going to, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take your life. You know, you're dead to me. You're dead. This, and this was a back and forth conversation to herself. And I had kind of, like you said, you have a bad memory. I'm the same way. I have to be honest with you. My wife complains about it all the time. I can barely remember when my when Christian was like one or two. You know what I mean? Like, it's, and that's only five years ago. And I feel bad because sometimes I look at pictures. And I'm like, hey, when did we do this? You know, I don't remember this. But um, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the brain only has so much room. It's true. You know, it's, it's, it's not true that we only use 10% of our brains. That's a myth. We use more than that. But you can't, you can't, how can you measure something as, complicated sophisticated somebody's mind and what they remember and why um and memories are so they're so untrustworthy also you know you can you can you can't trust your memories after the first time you recall them it's always going to be different there's always some detail you can add or or something and um so i i blame my mom i uh there's another picture i i'm going to email this to you later i'm going to email you her mug shots and all you got to do is look at her mugshots to know that she is possessed. She has given herself to the devil and she gave it. My, I don't, you know, I don't even believe that there is one particular devil. I think there's just things that want certain things and people call it evil because it doesn't fit their agenda. And then there's good things that want different or, you know, quote unquote, good things that fit their agenda. So everyone has their opposite idea of good and evil. That's why we can't agree on religion. We can't agree on science because no one's the same. Like I said, your neighbor doesn't see what you see. They're too far. Now, if you're staying there together, you have to agree because you both saw it, but you can't witness two different things and then try to compare. It's just, it's impossible. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 I blame my mom and I curse her for it every day. And like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to send you the mug shots and she's, uh, she's out of jail. I think she got out of jail like a year ago or something like that, but I don't ever hear anything from her. Every time I ever get into contact with my mom, 
almost immediately after that, I, I, I got bad stuff happening. All that stuff that happened in that trailer park just so happened to be right after I helped my mom. And she cursed yeah. me for Baker acting her, told me I was going to deal with it. I was going to deal with it from now on. I kept out, what's it? You're going to, you know, you're going to track me down and kill me. You know, like, what is it? And she would never talk about it. And, and, um, yeah, it's, I think it's her fault. I think that she and her friends, when they would party and drink, which my mom had me real young. So her friends were young, you know, pagans, trying to trying to replicate seances and spells that um I, I can't say they had no business doing or not because I'm pretty sure my mom succeeded so she must have known what she was doing and she wanted that. I think my mom wanted that. I don't think it was a mistake. But she wanted that. She wanted to offer herself for the constant maybe the drug supply or something. But she was never a good mom. Just kind of one of those people Probably a better person before going home when she was a little kid, but as soon as she turned to adult, not a good person. And uh, I think she asked for it, and that's why it's so stuck. Do you her. think? Do you think uh, when you saw her arguing with herself, "I'm going to kill you," "No, I'm going to kill you," whatever? When you said that, it sounded very familiar to me because something was telling you that's going to kill you. Yep. And that's why I agree with you. I do believe your mom is possessed, and yep. I do believe that w the problems that you're having is because of that. I think your mom brought this on into your life, and that's just me from a distance just hearing your story just now, but that's what it sounds like to me, and um, that's a shame. That, that's, a, that's a shame. Yeah. Wait till you see these pictures, and you, but you know, it's not, it's not an uncommon thing for Irish people to sacrifice their babies. You know, really? the first hundred, first hundred people into America were indentured Irish children, slaves. Um, I mean, Irish people are known to have a million kids and not be able to feed all of them. Then they got to pick and choose who they sell off. It's not uncommon for people like that. I th and I, and I, I do believe that a culture has a lot to do with how people parent their kids. Absolutely. You know, I mean, and there's, there's certain, continuances in certain cultures that doesn't make me racist or prejudiced that's just i was taught to recognize patterns in kindergarten so if a certain amount of irish people do a certain thing but a certain amount of african-american people do a different type of thing then those things are attributed to their to their culture and the way they like to do it um whereas i would say african-american people more have like a primal protective instinct of their children um i think that has a lot to do with where they're from the mainland and the the animals that come from where they come, the ancestors and the bloodline and what they what they idolize and what they make importance to is all very strong, powerful things, you know, like um, lions and, and the cheetahs and stuff like that. And they're very respectful of those things. And so. But with the Irish, Irish people, it's just it's just kind of way more into like the money and the alcohol and um, the fight over Protestant and Catholic, which has destroyed the country continues to for the for this to this day i mean really? kind of you know um they used to have to bury people holding hands over a fence because they weren't allowed to be buried in the same graveyard so but yeah i do i do agree i think my mom knew that from her grand gra my grandmother who has a number of her own stories um i think she knew that she'd be able to find something and I think she wanted 
anything. She was going to take anything she got, whatever night she actually got this thing, which I can't pinpoint because I was too young. But um, I think she knew she was going to find something and she was willing to accept whatever she got. And she just happened to get this thing, this, and this is, this is now, I don't, you know, like, I think a lot of it has to do with my mom loved me at the time because I was a baby. And so it, may or may not have thought that I would always have some type of connection to my mom. So when I left my mom completely, um, I got taken away from her at seven, didn't see her until I was 19. And then I left her eating dirt that day when I was 19. Um, I got such a violent reaction from not being around my mom. And it had been weird stuff going on up until I had met my mom. And then all of a sudden, when I was helping my mom with bills, I suffered no paranormal experience it was just watching her it was telling my girlfriend that i had to lock the room when we slept i didn't know my mom was gonna kill us or not and um here my i wish you i could i should you one of those things you wish you just recorded everything i wish i could record my mom's voice when she said don't you want to go see your friend or someone has your friend in there don't you want to go see him it's so weird how she said it it's so like 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 my mom wanted me to go in that house and there was something bad in there and she wanted me in there and and she's always had ill will for me and my siblings. And um You know, I would I would say um and this is probably easier for me to say than for you, but um maybe your mom, her your true mom, maybe your true mom doesn't have ill will towards you, but whatever possesses her does and uses your mom as a vessel to hate but, you and everything else around her. Um, it's just, I, I feel I, I, like, I really feel sad that, <laughs> that you, that, that, that has happened to you. It's happening to you. And because I think you and I both agree that it really comes down to your mom. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I really am. Well, happens. I'm, I'm just one in a million. There's a lot of people that, even to this day, I think there's a lot of people who have kids and they or whether whether they don't, whether they have kids or not, you know, an addiction can be in any form and um, attention. It can be attention that you're addicted to money, crime, sex, food. Yeah, I mean, name like these days you can just name anything and right. someone can be addicted to it. So I think people will always be willing to offer themselves to the to the worst things that exist so they can have more of what they're addicted to. and people don't really think about the cost of a child. People never consider, you know, people will get divorced when they have kids and think that it'd be too young to remember. Um, sometimes you have no choice, of course, but, uh, a lot of stuff like that, you know, like I, and I, I'm not sad about it. I can honestly say that I've never, I've never had a sad feeling about it because I never knew my mom like a mom. So it's not like I ever lost this connection. Like up until I was seven, I have no memories from up until I was seven. That makes sense. Um, the the seventh year of my life is the when my memories start um and then after that was just my dad and my stepmother uh and so it you know i'm not ever sad about it i just i told my grandmother i'll never forget the day that like the first time i made my grandma cry and she has not spoken to me since my grandma this was um a year and a half ago, she and now she won't spend more than maybe two minutes on the phone with me, kind of like, like won't won't ever hold a conversation. And she 
told me about my mom being in there and all this crazy stuff she was saying. I told my grandma, I said, do not let her out. She needs to be in jail. It's the only place for her is in jail. She cannot be out. She needs those iron bars. Like, like she needs like something really solid to keep her in or she's going to hurt somebody. And my girl was like, why would you say that? I said, what do you mean? It's obvious. You know, it's obvious. Like, why do you have to make me say it? Why do you have to make me say that she's possessed? Like, that is not my mom. There is somebody in it. I mean, if you, have you seen the evil dead, the remake? No. Okay. It's awesome. You should watch it. Have you seen the original? No, I, I, I don't watch a ton of movies or anything. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, well, there's like this one part where this it's about a girl being possessed and it like it's a super awesome movie. And if you watch, there's this one part where that is how my mother talks. And she's like, like, I can't say the word, but it's 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 a sexual innuendo innuendo made towards a male from a female. And she's like, why don't you come down here so I can blah, blah, blah. But it's got this nasty, snarly voice. And it's it's uh, it's that that that's how my mom used to talk. And and it, it took me getting older. And it took me being exposed to these random, I mean, I guess I, it's hard to call them random, more circumstantial. I don't know. Um, those things at the trailer park, it took me going through that to learn more about what she may or may not have called upon. And a sprite can be called upon. And I didn't know, of course, you know, I had to get older though throughout my life and learn these things. And, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy, man. Like I, I got memory. My son still remembers. I mentioned to you that there's memories he has that I wish he didn't. Um, he has this horrid memory that one night everyone was asleep in the house and something had his toy, his plushy monkey in the corner and it was not giving it back to him. And he was crying for us saying, give it back, give it back. And it was like, no, don't you want it? Want to come get it. And man, let me tell you, that as soon as I, he had not mentioned that until he was six and I had tested him a little to see if he could remember what he said a couple days later, if it was just a fleeting moment thing. He said, no, the thing said, why don't you come get it? And man, I knew that was like, I know I knew then and a mil- maybe a million other times that it, that that has a lot to do with my mom. I mean, like, that's my mom. Like, don't you want to go see your friend? You know, don't you want to go in there? Tell him, tell him with the monkey, don't you want to come get it? But is that my, I don't know if that's my mom. I, I kind of think my mom's like an evil person to begin with. I really do. I, I, I don't feel like she was like an angel to begin with. I do believe she loved me. That's why she kept me alive, you know? Um, but she wasn't with my dad. And I just, I feel like she was into that stuff for real. And then she just got lost. She didn't keep her foothold in this world. You can't you can't play both sides of the fence when it comes to stuff right. like that. There's so many options. You know, I mean, angels are real, demons are real. The the big I mean with Bigfoot, I mean, there's what could you tell me to let me know that it's impossible? You can't. You can't. There's nothing you can say, right? I mean, like there's 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 way more stuff saying it could happen than saying that it couldn't happen. Right. Um and that's just if you don't if you don't want to believe that there's something like that out there. You don't have to believe it, but you can't deny that it's possible. And so I, I just, like I said, I, she lost her foothold in the world and got sucked down into the other one. But I don't think she's unhappy there, wherever she's at. I think she's fine. She's got a spot at the round table, you know. Um, 
as a martyr for giving up her spot here for something so purely evil. That's all it seems like to me. It's, when I think about it, she, I, I feel like, you know, she just wanted to be a martyr, wanted to give her spot up, wanted to let someone else control her body so she could get the physical addictions taken care of. And that other thing got to walk the earth as a living, breathing uh, vessel. Well, before we get out of here, let me ask you this one question. Sure. Um, there's there's going to be thousands upon thousands of people that um, hear this interview. Right. And out of all those people that hear this interview, there is going to be people that are experiencing or have experienced very similar things. Sure. What would you say to those people about what they're experiencing or what they had experienced? Do you have anything that you would tell them as far as either comfort or how to go about, um, I don't know, pursuing, getting rid of this? Um, oh, yeah. Or how to adjust yeah um first of all i would say that your gut you got to trust your gut your your that that butterfly feeling you get in the pit of your stomach when you're too close to the edge of something of a cliff that's that's there for a reason you're not you're born with it just like you know antelope is born knowing how to run within 20 minutes it's got to be up and going you something you're born with um you got to trust your gut so if something feels bad it's bad any second, a nanosecond, a millisecond, any stretch of time that you give something the opportunity to change or warp the way you feel and what your initial thought is, it can change it and it can make you think things that you think are your thoughts, but they're not yours. They're they're just close enough for you to not be able to tell. But if you you have to be strong, I would say, um, positive. Don't doubt yourself. Don't say, I didn't see what I just saw because there's no such thing as a black squid with horns and a huge dinosaur tail ever tell yourself that because you don't know that. I mean, there very well could be something that looks exactly like that, or that's just what that thing thinks you're going to be scared of at the moment, or that thing knows what's going to burn your brain into, into remembering, you know, it's going to, it's going to burn that image in your brain. Um, I would say if you live with somebody and you're getting mad at someone for no reason about stuff that you wouldn't know and your experience and stuff like that, just take a second to believe who you're with. I could have saved my wife and I could have saved a lot of time not arguing. You know, we could have, I could have, you get lost though. When I know you can get lost when things happen all the time and you're scared to go to sleep. You got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, but you don't want to get up without waking up who you're next to. Or, uh, <clears throat> you can't send your kid down to the hall to get a dream because you don't know if he's going to come back or if something's going to be pinning him against the wall or, or scaring him or something, you know, but you have to just go through it. I would just say if, if it's going to tear you apart, don't let it tear you apart while you're cowering down. You know, like when I was stuck in the bathroom, I, I, I'm not lying when I was like, mm, no, you're not going to kill me today though. You know, you might kill me one day, but it's not going to be today. I'm going to walk through you and get out of the house. Cause I'm really scared. Um, but you can be, you know, you gotta just gotta be brave. And everybody knows that being brave is not, is not, it, it's doing something even though you are scared. It's not not being scared. You can be scared, but you still have to do it. You still gotta walk your kid down the hallway. I had to pick my son up millions of times to show him, look, we can come down the hall. It's okay, you know, the bathroom's right here. But I was like sweating bullets, praying for my life to whoever that 
whatever I, the cold that I was feeling was like my imagination, even though it wasn't. Um, I would say always do your research. And if you can't find anything, do something else. And if you still can't find anything, do something else. Just don't stop. Don't feed. I wouldn't say to feed into the whole thing where like, um, <clears throat> if you talk about it too much, you know, you give it too much attention. I mean, if it's bothering you that bad, you need to figure it out. Don't let it sit and resonate and, and earn its place in your house or don't let anything like that earn its place in your mind or your wife or um, anything like that at all. And and I, I honestly, I would just say be open minded. Don't you. I, I think people suffer sometimes from things <coughs> because of their personality or um, bad choices. And a lot of times I think people suffer sometimes because they have something afflicting them that they don't they don't really pay attention to because there's so much other things going on in the world and you can't pay attention to it. And sometimes you just take a step back and look around, you know, I mean, it could be people everywhere you go, people have died, you know, every, every square foot of the country, someone's died on science tells you, you can't create or destroy the energy that's here. So it's got to go somewhere. It doesn't just dissipate. It doesn't just evaporate. It goes somewhere. And there's a good chance that it stays right in that ground, right in that tree that you're next, that it was next to, right in that building that it would happen next to, or something like that. So I would say be open minded. And if you got, if you know anybody who's going through something, don't tell people they're crazy. Just try to help them out. I mean, um, and don't sell any part of yourself to the devil or any type of demon. Don't trade spots. There yes. is nothing worth it that your child's life's not worth it. Cause it will take you and then ruin your child's life too. You know? Um, and your mom's not always a good person. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. I mean, people, sure. people really can't separate themselves from their children. And, uh, it's not always a white mist that you see at the end of the hall. It could be anything. Yeah. It could be, could look like a real person. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And like you said, uh, just because you're you're scared doesn't mean you 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 don't you know pursue something. Right. Okay. And and that, and I I always tell people, and this kind of like stems from my faith, but I always tell people, and I, I mean this beyond a shadow of a doubt, like I don't fear death. I right. don't fear death. I I fear how I'm gonna die. I don't want it to be painful. I would love I would love for it to happen in less than a second. Right. You know, like a bullet going through my head perfect you know like yeah. I, i'm not gonna feel it uh but i don't fear death you know what i mean i'm gonna have to go through that one day and i don't fear that you know and um i i just i really appreciate those exiting words you you gave us um but i really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us and uh if you ever have any anything you'd like to talk about you got you got my email we're on skype here you know how to get a hold of me cool thank you very much for having me Got it. I really appreciate it. It's, 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 a, it's, it's really cool to be able to say I love the show and um, I can't wait to see how the video turns out. And I can't wait to see all the other interviews that you've been doing this weekend and stuff like that. So, yeah, thank I, you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Bye.
Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And I would like to extend a special thank you to Casey for coming on. Casey, I know you were a little hesitant to come on and share your story, but I'm really proud that you did because there's going to be a lot of people that benefit from what you had to say. There's a lot of people out there that are experiencing probably very similar things. And hearing you talk tonight might have given them the courage to come out and start talking about their own personal experiences. So Casey, thank you very much. Now, I want to remind everybody that we do have a live video hangout coming up tomorrow afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. The way you access that is you have to become a member on the website. Memberships are only $10 a month, and with that membership, you get extra episodes, live video hangouts, the vlog, and a lot of extra content like creepypastas. So once you become a member, go to the website, hit the member section, and in there, you'll have to click live video hangout. Once you go into that section, you'll see the video for the live video hangout. Hit play so we can chat it up. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a great week and take care, friends.